Welcome to the Radiant Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Chapman, and if there's one thing I believe, it's that you're capable of making your dreams a reality and that the world needs you to be living out your purpose. One thing I love is to chat with people doing impactful work in hopes that we can all learn something from the conversation. Not to mention, we get to apply all of that wisdom to our own journey. Each week, you will hear just that here at the Radiant Podcast. So without further ado, let's get to it. So you might have joined the Gramathon last week and loved it because who didn't love those incredible guests and all of those golden nuggets? If you missed it, you can still go through the Gramathon and get all of the incredible content and that's on my website. But this week, I would like to invite you to my webinars for essential strategies to build your business with Instagram. I've got multiple webinars throughout the week and calls you can hop on with me to ask questions. So I would love to invite you to that. I really believe in the power of Instagram to help people's dreams come true. I know it's not the only piece of your business, but it's an important one. So I want to get this into your hand and I totally invite you to come join me. It's free and fun. Why not? Check that out at kelseychapman.com. We will point you in all the right directions to sign up for that webinar. Hey guys, I am so glad you're back with me here for another week at the Radiant Podcast. I know you're going to absolutely love our guest today, Shannon Scott of the Ideas with Intention podcast. It is always so fun for me to join up and link arms with other podcasters. So we're having Shannon on today and I know you're going to find her interview so informative. I love what she's implemented with her own business and how her experience in corporate led her to where she is today. Also, you can find an interview with me at her podcast, and that's kind of fun because it shares the journey of closing Radiant Magazine and kind of gives you more insight into my life, you know, nowadays. And so I think you're going to love this episode with her, and I think you will enjoy her podcast as well. So I encourage you to check it out. I've linked it up in the show notes, but without further ado, I can't wait for you to meet Shannon. Hey, Shannon. Hey, Kelsey. So excited to be here. I am so thrilled to have you on. I am such a fan, and I would love for you to start by kind of sharing a little about yourself, what you do, how you got to where you are. I can't wait for our listeners to meet you. Awesome. Yeah, so um, I got started a few years ago on this entrepreneurial path. Um, I'm, I'm probably what you would call an accidental entrepreneur. Never thought that I'd be working for myself. Um, I always thought I would be in the corporate world, and my background is in in meetings and events management. So that was my whole world. Um, After graduating university, I worked as a planner for a few different companies and planning and just executing so many different types of events. And um, after a few years of doing that, you know, I was really successful, especially right after graduating, um, just as a student too. Um, But I just was feeling creatively constricted in what I was doing. Um, the events world wasn't really as creative as I had hoped it would be for myself, um, at least not in the capacity that I was working in. I, I guess the reality was that I spent most of my days staring at numbers on an Excel spreadsheet, so that really wasn't that much fun for me. Um, so I just didn't feel like I was tapping into my full potential, and um, my passion for the events industry really started to fizzle. And around that time, 
Um, I had actually become really interested in nutrition after losing 25 pounds, and I decided to actually enroll in the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, which is, um, I think it's called the world's largest online nutrition school. Um, because I had this crazy idea that it would be really cool one day to own my own wellness center. So I was like, okay, this would be fun, but I guess I better get some sort of education. Um, so I enrolled in the school. Um, but the truth was I, I really entered the program really more for just personal interest, um, but it was ultimately what opened up my eyes to this whole world of online business that, gosh, I didn't even know existed. It's funny that like five or six years ago, I didn't know this whole world existed, um, but I immersed myself into entrepreneurship, um, starting out with health and fitness coaching through a network marketing company, um, but after side, side hustling with that for a little while, um, I realized it really wasn't my cup of tea. Nutrition and wellness really was more of a personal interest of mine and not necessarily something that I wanted to do for a business. But, um, you know, I had drank the Kool-Aid of entrepreneurship. And so I ended up hiring um, a business mentor to help me tap into a new path that I could pursue. And that's when I started coaching other entrepreneurs who were just getting started in their businesses. Um, around that time, you know, I had so much knowledge under my belts um, after taking way too many business courses. Um, and I knew I could just help people that were a few steps behind me. So that next year or so was a little bit rocky for me. I mean, I was easily influenced and triggered by what other people were doing in the industry and really found myself imitating instead of really owning my zone of genius. So I really had to pause and rethink my approach. Um, and to be honest, for so long I had pushed away my identity as an event planner and what I really should have done was own that experience and bring it into my business. So that's what I ultimately ended up doing um, and it shifted everything for the better. Um, it's been a crazy journey kind of getting to where I am today now, owning that zone of genius, doing essentially what I did with events but in business, so helping entrepreneurs and small business owners see the big picture and connect the dots and bring their big ideas to life. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what I do right now. I'm working one-on-one um, -on -one with clients and it's just been a dream come true. Wow. I, one thing from what you, from your story that I just love that you said is that I was imitating instead of owning. Can you kind of expound more on that? Because I, I know that so many of us do do that. And especially in the beginning, it's so tempting to look at someone who is, you know, 10 or 47 steps ahead of you and feel like that's where I need to be. But we all start somewhere. And so how did you kind of walk out moving from the place of imitating to the moving from to the place of owning? Yeah, I mean, I kind of felt like I hit this, not rock bottom, I wouldn't say it was rock bottom, but I, I just felt so out of alignment with what I was doing and never felt like I was really using my strengths. And I was constantly questioning myself and could feel the, you know, emotional reaction when I would see someone else post something online that, you know, I had been thinking about doing. And then as soon as they did something similar, I would be like, throw my hands up in the air and say, well, I'm not going to do that now. And that was coming from a place of fear. And so I really did have to realize that I was playing that like imitation game and, and figure out why. And, and I realized, well, you know, with business coaching in general, there's so many business coaches out there 
And what the reality was for me is that I just hadn't found my niche within that industry. Um, so, you know, nowadays, yes, there's still a, a million different business strategists and business coaches, but some people are strong in sales. Some people are strong in branding or marketing. Um, and for me, it's more of the, I guess, project management, bringing ideas to life. Um, and I really had to kind of like check the history books. One of my mentor, past mentors would always say this to me. She would say, check the history books. Like, where did you come from? What education do you have? What programs have you done in the past? What communities or associations have you been a part of? And really collect all of that experience together and figure out how you can apply that to your business. And for me, it was kind of like this huge aha moment of, oh my gosh, I'm essentially doing the exact same thing that I was doing in events, but in a different format. And it's using, and I guess the underlying thread or the common thread there was just the strength and being able to take something from point A to point B and, and make it happen. So um, if anyone's listening to this and wondering, you know, going through the same thing in this whole imitation or imposter syndrome, which is, all, which is what people call it as well, um, I'd say just really take some time to take a step back and look at where you've come from, what you've, what you've excelled in in the past, and see how you might be able to apply that to the people that you want to work with and, and serve as an entrepreneur. Wow. Okay. So I have two questions that I'm going to tell you them both now, so I don't forget them. Yeah. But I love some things you said in that kind of segment. One thing is, what do you do? When you look up and realize someone in your field, maybe your competitor, but not like necessarily, I mean, a lot of people are doing what we're doing, but A, they just released something that you were about to release very similar or doing the same thing because I think things come in waves. I've heard it talked about um, in the book world of like, sometimes there's just a theme for a season. Mm -hmm. So in the book world, all these writers were writing themes about books and it would be, I mean, writing themes about friendship and they're all in kind of the same niche of writing. And it's like, they could easily be like, oh no, my competing author just wrote a book about friendship. And, and instead of being threatened by that, they were like, oh no, it's just a theme of the season. So what do you do when you look up and someone's doing the same thing as you and it, you know, that fear kicks in. Mm -hmm. And then another thing after, after you touch on that, I just want to tell you this. So hopefully you can help me remember, um, is how you use your background Um, for what you're doing today because I think so many of us myself included when I was working my day job two years ago I was looking for my big ticket to freedom and I was so ready to get out I was so tired I was burnt out and really disappointed with what what this whole sector I was working in was yielding. Um, And um, now when I'm out of it, I actually realized how much I was learning in that season. I was just learning in the hard way. (laughs) Um, And I would never take it back because it's been, you know, the foundation for the season I'm living now. So back to, you know, what do you do when you look up and someone's doing the same thing you're doing? Yeah, I would say do it anyway. And the reason I say that, I know it's easier said than done, but I think that so often we think that everyone sees everyone's stuff (laughs) and that's just not the truth. Um, And so if you see someone in your similar industry that you feel like is well-known by everyone and they've just put something together that is 
basically the idea that you've been dreaming up in your own head, but you didn't take action on as soon as they did. Um, not everyone is going to see what they're doing. Not everyone's going to resonate with their brand and their personality and their deeper message behind what they're doing. And it's not, you know, as long as you're not somebody that is like a direct copycat and like doing exactly the same thing, you're going to do it in your own way, in your own style. You're going to weave a different message through. It might be the same topic or the same theme, or like you were saying, like a season, but you're going to bring in different perspectives. It's just that I think that that just naturally happens because we all have different stories and different experiences up into, you know, where we're living in this present moment. Um, so, you know, put your blinders on, do it anyway, and realize that someone else is going to resonate with you and they're not going to resonate with that person. And that, you know, that happens all the time. If you look at yourself and there, it might be, you know, an actor if you're watching a movie and you're like I hate that actress and someone else loves them you know it's just you resonate with somebody because you you see them yourself in them um so just I guess just a reminder that um you know it's not always going to be the same and that you're definitely going to bring a different perspective and you never know what can come from you taking action and planting a seed it can grow into something else later and you only get that clarity from taking action so that's what I would say. <laughs> I love that. And just to kind of reinforce what you just said and to piggyback off of that, I am a real life example of that. I mean, during my latest relaunch of my e-course, my competitor around the same time, who's way bigger than me, I had just put out a new little commercial for my e-course and was running Facebook ads on it. And it had a very distinct song. And then I look up and my competitor has the same song in the background of her commercial. And I'm like, there's no way either of us knew. I did. I know that I didn't know. I don't know whose was out first. It was all within a few days. There's no way either of us could have planned that either because you're picking a commercial like a month. Uh, you're p- picking a soundtrack to that commercial like a month or two prior to the release date. So like, you know, we both just happened to like the sound of... G-Y-O-M on the sound, you know, all of Guyom's, you know, stock commercial backgrounds, who's also the, the sound of the intro to this podcast. They're fun and they're peppy. And of course we both liked them. They're great. But I mean, I had a moment of panic. I was like, oh no, it looks like I copied her because she's bigger than me. Mm. And then I, had, I just had to realize, you know, I, I'll talk about, you know, a competitor or just like an e-course I love. And someone will say, who's that? And just because I I see everything everyone in my field is doing all the time, most often your audiences don't. Exactly. And you might be the one speaking to them and, and your competitor might be the one speaking to someone else. And that's okay. Because if we really all do truly believe there's enough room in the world for all of us to be successful, that means also like tangibly living it out when it's hard. And so I am just like, just to piggyback off of what you said, like do it anyways. Yeah, you might wake up and someone is doing the same thing as you or like, you know, both of you are just as credible to be speaking into your niche as one another. You both have reasons. For me, my and my competitor both have reasons why we can speak to our audiences about Instagram. Um, and they're both relevant and valid and we're both qualified to do it. And we might end up with the same commercial background song, but who cares? <laughs> you know? Exactly. Yeah. And you know, and something else happened to me this year that I'll mention too, is that I, you know, what I do as a business strategist and like, 
what I was talking about as someone who helps someone bring big ideas to life. And I use that language all the time. And I came across somebody that does essentially something very similar to me. And I hadn't really come across someone in that way. It was, it was crazy. I used, it's like having the same song, but it was having the same messaging. And, um, I decided to reach out or I think she actually reached out to me or it was, it was crazy. Cause I was thinking about reaching out to her that day and I got a message from her and we decided to collaborate on something and we're both, you know, consultants and we're going to be offering some co-consulting services and doing a little fun, like Facebook live show and just kind of bringing, you know, collaboration over competition to the forefront. And that isn't something that a lot of people do. And and I, I don't know if I, I, if I honestly believe in the word competition when you do have such different stories and experiences that you're bringing to the table. So, you know, if, if it's not taking action anyway, then it's maybe seeing how you can collaborate with that person and do something even greater together. Yeah, I think that's amazing that y'all like linked arms. And, <laughs> and, and again, it, sometimes it's harder to live out you know, collaboration over competition, but it's always worth it. You know, you you never walk away better for getting bent out of shape and bitter if someone's doing the same thing. You're only going to walk away better if you're truly walking out community or collaboration over competition. So, yeah. um, and then I would love for you to touch on how your experience and your background wove into what you're doing today. Because I think, again, when we're right in the middle of a nitty gritty, it is so hard to see the light at the end of the, the tunnel and how that could benefit us, mm-hmm. you know, in the long term. But actually, like all those hard days, all those days where I came from home from work and was just like dead, exhausted and burnt out actually laid a really good foundation for what I'm doing today. Yeah, I, I love this question. And um, there is something that I learned earlier this year that has helped me tremendously in kind of connecting the dots between my background and and how I can bring that into what I'm doing today and and it also you know has to do with playing to your strengths and owning that zone of genius of yours but it's um something that I learned from Todd Herman he's a business mentor in the industry I don't know if you've heard of him (laughs) again see some people might not know who he is um but he was talking about sort of the three different ways that you really create change for people and I learned this at a conference I was going to, and I, and I've, it was a huge aha moment for me. And, um, it was learning that, you know, there's kind of three different ways you create change. It could be for creating content for somebody. And, um, that is a really strong thing for someone who likes to speak on stages or likes to, um, create courses or writes books. And that is something that you really excel in. Um, the second way of creating change for someone is, really through um, concepts. So if you are someone that is a natural mentor and likes to share um, that you know, expertise and come from a place of, I've been there, let me show you, let me take your hand and show you how it's done, that's another way of helping people. Um, or the third way was really through context and that's kind of more on, if you're a service-based entrepreneur, being a coach and really um, knowing how to ask really good questions to help your client or customer come to their own answers. So um, this for me and my business this year, I really learned that I am not a content creator, um, that that's something that I never really have enjoyed looking back at, you know, all of the past jobs and things that I've done, whether it was me in school or if it was me um, in my corporate job, what I realized that that wasn't something that I 
really excelled in or I could absolutely do it, but it wasn't my biggest strength. My strength really came from being a really strong facilitator and that mentor and that coach and speaking to someone one-on-one and being very um, intentional and individual with someone as opposed to kind of reaching a larger audience. So I think that's an important thing for someone to really look at and, and understand how do I really create change for people? What really plays to my strengths? Because this kind of comes back to your, our, you know, the question we were just talking about of seeing somebody else do something similar. If you see someone creating an Instagram course, you may think that, oh my gosh, I need to do that to be successful. But you might not be really good at creating um, an Instagram course or just courses in general, and you would be much better um, having more of a live show to talk about Instagram strategies. So I think it's really important to look at those ways of how you create change and what has worked for you in the past and then be able to really integrate that and implement it into what you're doing in your business. I love that. I love what you have to say about just like integrating that and playing to your strengths. Can you kind of touch on what you do and what did you do when you realized I'm not a content creator? Cause I'm sure you still have to create mm-hmm. some content. So what do you do? Do you outsource? I would love for you to kind of shed light on that when you realize I need to play to my strengths and there might still be necessary tasks at hand that I'm not strong at. So what do you do then? Yeah, absolutely. So knowing that was actually a big validation for my podcast. Um, So for my podcast, I do have solo episodes and I do create content on my own to share, you know, what I'm really excited about teaching. But um, for a lot of the podcast, it's me co-creating with someone else. So they're, you know, essentially creating the content for me and I'm facilitating that. So it's kind of finding those mediums that really play to those strengths as well. Um, But I've really taken a doing less better approach this year in my business. And so the really the only content that I do create is for the podcast. Um, So I hope that answers your question, but it's funny because I, other than that, I really just share on social media and I'm working, you know, with my clients one-on-one, but the podcast has been the number one way for me to reach new clients. People get to hear me and it's also a way um, for someone to under, to, to get to know my personality and my style and, feel like, you know, establish that trust before we even connect in person or one-on-one or on a phone call. Um, So I think taking a doing less better approach and really focusing on that one way that you know is playing to your strengths, um, if it's content or if it's anything else, um, really will help you in the long run. I love that. And yeah, I'm with you. I mean, for me, facilitating is a huge joy of mine, but all the nitty gritty sometimes can feel a little like overwhelming and um, managing all the moving parts is not my greatest joy. So facilitating, co-creating is always really fun. And then working to either minimize or outsource kind of the nitty gritty um, content creation for me has been a huge it's really kept me having mental space to still create because when I have to do all the moving parts, I don't always thrive. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. You, you seem like you're a great content creator. You're the, the creative. <laughs> uh, well, so I would love for you to touch on your podcast now that we've kind of dove in there. I would love for you to touch on Made for More podcast and what our listeners can find there. I know that community building and 
um, small business strategy are a core component and really just a a key component of what you do. Um, but I would love for you to kind of share about that and what, what made you decide to start it and, um, what's your favorite part of podcasting? Yeah. Um, I, I love podcasting. (laughs) It's so much fun. And I'd say, you know, the whole made for more brands and, um, community really started from, me not feeling like I could really talk to my best friends about my business, <laughs> to be honest. You know, I have certain friends, long-term friends that aren't entrepreneurs. And, you know, when you're getting on a conversation with them, they'll ask me, you know, how's your business going? But it's very short conversation and and you can tell them, but they don't really get it. You know, it's, it's, it's like a whole different thing <laughs> than the corporate world. So creating this brand in this community and this podcast was a way for me to really have conversations with women who, who got what I was going through, who could shed light on different topics and could, you know, collaborate in different and creative ways to ultimately close the gap between dreaming and doing for other entrepreneurs. So that's sort of the mission behind Made for More. It's really to close that gap and help people actually do the things that they've been dreaming about doing. Um, So it's such an honor and and such a joy for me to be able to interview amazing women like yourself. You're going to be on the podcast Um, and just get to know your story because I really do find that Um, there's going to be certain parts of every single episode that someone will connect with, even if it's one person and that's giving them this huge aha moment, similar to the aha moment I had with Todd Herman and his teaching earlier this year. Um, I mean, that change, that can change so much in your business and help you to bust through a limiting belief or overcome a challenge that you've been experiencing or just give you new inspiration or spark a a new idea, um, in your business. So it's, it's so much fun getting to do that. So we do weekly episodes and I alternate between solo episodes and interviews. Um, and in addition to the podcast, there's really just local meetups. Um, I live in San Diego. So if you're in San Diego and anyone's listening, come and hang out at, a, at an upcoming Made for More meetup. But it's just great having that community. I don't think I would still be playing the entrepreneur game if I didn't have that circle of people around me. Yeah, actually, I was about to ask you about your meetup. So I'd love for you to tell tell us more about that. And I would love something you said earlier was that you have really moved into a space of not necessarily scaling your online business, but doing a lot more in person. And I think that is an interesting um, take because you hear a lot more of focus on online business, but I think we're also all lonely. (laughs) And so I would love for you to kind of talk about what you do at your made for more meetups and how you've been really implementing more one-on-one work with people locally. Yeah, I am. Yeah, like we, I was sharing with you um, in advance of this episode, I've really taken this offline versus online approach and just really wanting to go deeper and not wider. And I guess I would say for the first couple years of my business, I took this let's go wider approach, you know, online, try and reach everybody. And I struggled with that. You know, it wasn't easy for me in the first couple of years to really gain that momentum. It took a long time, but this year, Um, surprisingly, um, when I moved to San Diego, I was new and I wanted to meet more local entrepreneurs and kind of just make friends in general. And I just naturally took this more offline approach and things came so much easier. You know, I was getting referrals and people were asking how to work with me. And I was just like, 
can it be this easy? You know, and it, you know, for the past other couple of years, I struggled a little bit with kind of getting people into my business, more people knowing about what I did. Um, so I think it's really smart. And if I could do it all over again, I think I would take this approach of going deeper um, first and wider second. Um, but that's just me personally. I know it's different for everybody, um, but that's what has really brought me success and way more fulfillment in the past year than all of these other years prior um, building an online business. And my business is still absolutely online. It still caters online. Um, but um, yeah, I've started doing like meetups in person, just getting to know people and making those connections. So the meetups have been super casual so far. Um, in the fall, we're kind of going to shift and pivot in a different direction, but we're um, really going to be offering three different types of meetups. One being um, something that I'm calling no secret social. It's really going to be like a dinner party at my house, to be honest, um, just to bring people together and to encourage transparency and talk about what's working, what's not working in your business and be able to, again, just connect and get new inspiration. Um, so that's one type of event. We also meet up just to do co-working. So really casual at different coffee shops in San Diego. There's a ton. Um, so that's really fun. We do something called beach walks and biz talk again, just to meet up. Um, and, and it's also because in San Diego, there's a lot of different events that are speaker events or panels. And I just wanted to kind of bring a different space in a more intimate setting to the entrepreneurial community there. So that's why the meetups are a little bit more smaller, intimate, um, and casual versus, you know, you kind of feeling like you're going to a networking event. Um, so yeah, there, there's so much fun. I love getting to, I always meet somebody new each time. And I think the best, um, thing that has come from it or my most favorite part of it has been able to, to be able to connect other people to someone else, um, and see how that connection creates a collaboration in their businesses. And that's just so cool to see happen. Wow. I mean, seeing all the little um, community building events you offer really showcases that that really is a priority to you and you're living it out. It doesn't have to be this huge thing that we scale to be, um, you know, a million people coming. It, like, it really just starts with building community one-on-one. -on -one. Have you ever struggled with like wanting to make every single thing? Well, who, who am I kidding? I know you're a three on the Enneagram. So have you struggled with wanting to make every single thing you do like the best that ever hit the planet? <laughs> I love how you know my personality. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. I'm definitely a perfectionist or I call myself a recovering perfectionist, but I'm still very much a perfectionist. And I absolutely do feel that I want to make things the best. And sometimes that gets that in my way and I stop myself, but I'm this year, like we were talking about earlier, just taking action and doing the thing has been, it has been so game changing for me in overcoming those past limiting beliefs or those obstacles and just seeing all the good that comes from it. I girl, I'm with you because for me, um, being a seven on the Enneagram, I know our listeners hear me talk about the Enneagram all the time, but for me, I don't, I, I do want everything to be the best, but I also want everything to be like epic and fun. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes I have to come to a place and really, um, things I've focused on in counseling this year is, um, just like being okay with not making everything 
something huge and really enjoying um, what I'm doing for where it's at, not for where it will be in the future and not always focusing on what's ahead. Like I really want to be at a place and, and you're right. It's a limiting belief because it's also limiting from you, limiting you from being in the moment. And I don't want to look back at my twenties and these startup phases, um, to be like, I missed it, you know, like I missed the best parts of life, you know, and hopefully every part of life gets better and better. But, you know, I remember an analogy in Bob Goff's book, Love Does, about, you know, a man who talks about, you know, when you're in, he was when in his 20s and just starting and always looking for what's ahead. And really, he arrived in his 50s and had everything he ever wanted or dreamed of and looked back and yearned for the simplicities of the just starting out days. And so I, I have this like reverence of not missing it, but I, my personality type is so wired to be focused on what's ahead. Yeah, I, I'm totally like that too. As you were talking, I was like, yep, I like, I'm such a big picture person that it is really hard for me to just do things in the moment. Um, but I'm also practicing that a lot this year too. One thing you touched on earlier in the episode that has just been like way on my heart lately, which sounds so cheesy to say, I'm like scoffing at myself for saying that, but um, is being in alignment. Like, you know, when something feels off and uh, you know, I think for some people alignment is a, a buzzword of the moment. And then some people are like, what does that mean? So can you touch on, on that? Yeah. Um, being in alignment to me, it comes at like three different sort of levels. And I, I always do this, um, with my clients as well. And it's just when, when it comes to any sort of idea or, um, something that you're creating in your business, I go through like these three questions to make sure that you are in alignment and, and that just means it feels good and, um, that, you know, you have full confidence. It's not feeling like, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. And so the first question I always ask or the first level is always, is this idea of mine really supporting my most immediate business goal? A lot of the times with ideas that you have as an entrepreneur, you're just wanting to put everything out into the world and that sometimes ends up making you feel super overwhelmed or um, stretched thin across so many different things that aren't having an impact. And so um, first question is always, okay, is this idea really supporting my most immediate business goal? And starting with that goal and then knowing what that is is important first and then being able to reverse engineer that and ask that question. And then the second is really, is the idea really in alignment with that zone of genius that we were talking about, your strengths? Um, Because if it isn't, you're not really able to have the highest possible contribution, um, and really impact, again, the people that you want to impact in, in the world. So, and then the third is also just, are you completely lit up and passionate about the idea? Is this something that is bringing you fulfillment? Are you doing it because you feel like somebody else is doing it and they're having success with it? So alignment is kind of threefold for me. And I always have to go through those three questions for myself when I am thinking about having, um, or implementing a new idea. I'm, I'm, I'm an INFJ for Myers-Briggs, so I'm equally creative and um, strategic. And so I do have a ton of ideas, but I have to a lot of the time park some ideas for later because I know that they're not really necessarily hitting on that immediate business goal. And if one of my key values in my business is intentionality, I really want to do less better and make sure that the things that I am putting forward are 
um, are the right things and that are serving my you know greater goal and whatever that may be for my business in that season. Oh, I so relate to that. I'm an ENFJ. So I, I get it. You know, I have all the ideas all the time. An idea <laughs> day keeps the doctor away. Yeah. But, but, you know, sometimes you have to park it. Like you cannot release all your ideas into the world at once because they will be sloppy. <laughs> and so it's like, okay, this is what I'm focusing on for my next immediate business goal. And that's even a good reminder for me because, you know, in this new season for me, it's, I'm like, all the possibilities, all the ideas. But I'm really trying to be in tune with what's the next right step for my business. Absolutely. Uh, when you said you're equally creative and strategic, is that because of your N and your J? Yeah. Um, oh, I don't like, know Myers-Briggs as well. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know, you know, that's what that meant. Yeah, it's funny. It's like, the, I think the INFJs are the, the rarest personality type. Um, and it's funny because I kind of look at myself and I feel like I'm a natural creative. Um, but my strategic brain has been like, I guess, learned over time, especially with my background in events to be very strategic and see the big picture. Um, so, um, but both kind of work together. So I'm constantly, it's, it's good for me and the people that I work with because I work with a lot of multi-passionate entrepreneurs so I can understand where they're coming from and being a really creative people. But then I'm able to help them move to the next level because of the strategy piece. So it's fun. It's interesting. <laughs> but. Yeah, it's so fascinating. Well, kind of to piggyback off of what you were just chatting about, um, I know that in, in chatting before this episode, you mentioned that um, you're passionate about intentionality and prioritizing what matters most in life and business. How do you do that? And what's a common mistake you see your clients or other entrepreneurs making? Yeah, um, I would say it's just like I was just saying earlier about around executing too many ideas at once. And there's something that I always say, it's kind of like, there's nothing worse than having a bunch of half-finished ideas that had full-fledged potential. So um, I think that it's really important. And it not only serves yourself, but it serves your audience when you're able to really focus on one idea at a time and see that idea through before adding anything else on. Um, And so for me, that's where the intentionality comes from. And I think that when you're able to do that, you're able to see your goals happen faster and it doesn't have to be so hard to reach those levels of success. Um, a lot of the time in my past, and I know this is common for a lot of people, I've attached achievements so closely to happiness. And and when you enter the world of entrepreneurship, it's kind of even worse because you're the one judging whether or not you've achieved or not. Um, it's not someone else you know, giving you a reward or saying, Hey, you did this great job. You are the one who gets to decide, did I, you know, did I achieve? Is this a success or not? And it's easy to be really unfulfilled or feel unhappy as an entrepreneur. If you're not, if you, if you, if you're not aware of that and know that that can happen. Um, so I think what helps with that is just being intentional and doing less better so that you can see which ideas are really, um, working, what's not working in your business. And I don't think you're able to do that when you're um, trying to execute way too many things at one time. So being intentional for me is all about like just doing one thing at a time and giving yourself space in that season to see it through 
and then taking the next step, um, but also keeping that big picture in mind of where you're headed and what you want to do and, and feeling in alignment. <laughs> Girl, you are bringing the wisdom today. I am loving everything you have to say. One thing you touched on, and I, I can imagine if you are, you've learned from him this year, are you in a mastermind with Todd Herman? No, I'm not. No, I just, okay. um, I took his program in 90 day year, which was amazing. And I attended a conference that was actually in San Diego. It was great. Oh, I saw that. I wanted to come so bad. Well, I would love for you to kind of chat about ed- continuing your education, because I think it's so important to, you know, in this world of, mm. you know, being your own boss, like it's, it's easy to kind of figure out your systems and then this works for my business and that might work for like a year or two, but like an online business is always evolving. And so for me, continuing my education has been insanely important and every penny I have ever spent on a course has more than made my money back. Or I'm in a mastermind as well right now. And, you know, just the relationships I've built, I've already made my money back in, you know, wow, she shared a tip with me that like helped me implement this system that grew my business or that person became a client or whatever. You know, I, every penny I've ever invested in myself has paid, paid itself back. So I would love for you to kind of talk about your journey with that. Yeah, um, I used to be a course junkie <laughs> when I first started. I mean, I took so many like little mini courses that I wish um, I hadn't, and I, I wish I had gone for more of a bigger investment with more one-on-one um, support. I did do that. I did hire, I know I mentioned I hired a business mentor, and that was kind of my bigger, first big investment um, in myself after taking so many little tiny mini courses. Um, but I think it's really important to whatever you choose to do when it comes to further educating yourself in your industry is to really commit and be all in in that program and not be doing other things at the same time. So whenever I'm considering a program like Todd Herman's 90 Day Year that I did earlier this year, you know, that was the only program that I was doing. There wasn't any other sort of professional development that I was sort of consuming because I wanted to really number one, get my money's worth and to feel like, okay, I spent some good money on this. I really want to get as much as out of it as possible. Um, so really committing and going all in and finding a group of people that I could feel accountable to as well was important. And that was built into the program. Um, but another thing is also that I've, that I've really realized um, is giving yourself space to actually implement what you've learned. So I, instead of, and I've seen a lot of people do this where you hop from one program to another just because you want to feel like you're supported. And, um, I did this for a little while at the beginning of my business. I, you know, reinvested in my coach about three times, which was absolutely amazing. Um, but before I went for the fourth time, I really had to ask myself, okay, am I ready to just kind of get out of the nest for a little while and see if I can fly with everything that I've learned from this person so far? And so the past year has really been that for me. I have, I am not really in a mastermind right now. Um, I'm really just living out and implementing everything that I've learned from so many different courses. Um, and it's paying off. And I think that you owe it to yourself when you do make those investments to really give yourself some time and space to see and to experience and to try things out and, and gives you better perspective on 
yourself and what you need and what gaps of knowledge you still have so that the next time that you invest, you can make a better decision on exactly what you need and go for something really specific rather than general. Girl, uh, again, everything you're saying is speaking my language. I do. Yeah, I, I have been definitely a course junkie, but I've slowed down and really focused on like one at a time and implementing it and implementing that with my team. And, you know, that has been pretty huge. And I, um, really honing in and focusing, which is tough for me. I'm a big picture girl and Mm -hmm. all the shiny objects get my attention, but one at a time, I love the one-on-one interaction. If I do a bigger ticket course, you know, that for me, high level coaching, um, is really important to me. Um, someone who's a few steps ahead of you who can just kind of pour into you. That is so important to me. So I, I really love that. One thing I love to talk about here on the Radiant Podcast is mentorship. Obviously, we're both in an industry where we, you know, are coaches to people and people pay us for that. Mm-hmm. But I'm talking more about like relational mentorship where you meet a woman and you're like, oh my gosh, I want her to speak into my life. And it's not necessarily her career or maybe it is, but you're looking for like a relationship. How do you ask someone to be your mentor? Because I think, uh, and I would also love for you to shed light on, you get asked so often, can I pick your brain? And it starts to feel like you are, you know, just an information factory. And people, I've definitely run into, people don't want to know me. They want to know my information. And that is, that's again, like that's not everyone. That's rare, but it definitely happened. So it's definitely shifted my approach to how I ask someone to invest in me. Um, because I don't want them to feel like I just want their wisdom. I want to know them as well. So how do you um, kind of, what's your thoughts on asking someone to be your mentor, finding a mentor, all of that? Yeah, I love that you said that you, you know, you want to feel like you know them as well. That's something that I really speak about or... (laughs) or have conversations about when I'm, I'm talking to potential clients because for a lot of the time at the beginning of my business, I sort of saw these mentors as like somebody up on this pedestal and it wasn't the greatest feeling. You know, it's like, yes, I'm looking up to you, but I wanted to feel like I was on the same level that I could achieve the same success as them. So when I talk to my clients, I always say, I'm like, I want to be your friend too, you know, as much as like, I want to know about your life as much as I know about your business. Um, So to kind of flip that, and like for me, when I am sort of seeking out um, mentors or people that I'd love to, um, you know, just connect with in that way, um, I usually try to look at, you know, how could this be a potential collaboration in some sort? What can I offer to them? Because I always feel like it's good to come from that approach of like, what can you give to the other person um, so that it feels good for them to share the same with you. Um, That's really, really important to me. And I like how you also said, you know, allowing certain people to speak into your life. So for me, I'm very, again, here's the intentional word that is my number one value, but um, I'm really intentional about who I allow into my circle. And I do have, you know, a set of safe people that I really allow to speak into my life, whether it's a mentor from afar and I I just know them through social media or been following their business for a while, or if it's somebody that I know personally. Um, So understanding, you know, what that person is going to offer me or is, you know, the type of person that they are, that I know that they're going to be contributing something into my life that I really need that I don't necessarily have or I'm strong in. So I always look for that, like, 
those qualities and people that I wish that I had more of in myself and I usually gravitate towards them and and I reach out and a lot of the time it's it's coming at it from a place of let's have a conversation and collaborate what can I offer to you or is there anything that I can do to support you and what you're doing so it might not be me helping them with my expertise but it's maybe how can I support you in your business and what you're doing or in your life that I can share with my community about or tell a friend about that might be interested so I always like to come from it from that place first I love that yeah I I really have made this year one a conversation I had with a friend race recently as I kind of chatted about disappointment um, in a season of feeling like a little exhausted from people picking my brain but not wanting to genuinely build a relationship and it it was because of play it, it was my fault I didn't set boundaries and I let everyone in to my inner circle and gave well I let acquaintances have inner circle privileges and that that was my own mistake and because I do have a part a heart to genuinely know and be known with every single person I meet it doesn't mean that's always you know um everyone else's goal and that's not bad either she was very clear my one of my good friends here who is always up for a good dishing of truth session was like Kelsey I would sit down and if I you know met with someone for coffee to specifically pick their brain for something I I wouldn't be there to build a relationship with them and I was like really and she's amazing she's one of my best friends but we just see the world so differently and that helped me understand that people aren't coming at that from a bad angle it's just how people are wired and I'm going to continue to experience that if I don't set healthy boundaries for myself most people don't meet with every single person who asks them to help them start a blog or whatever and she's like you that's that's when you charge an acquaintance for that or you are giving people this inside inner circle feel and then you can never really even meet their expectations too long term because you don't have the capacity to have an inner circle that big you know and so it's just been a huge learning season of how to do that healthily and in a way where everyone wins but you don't burn out. Absolutely. And I think, yeah, it comes down to boundaries. There's something that I actually offer in my business. It's called Chat for Chai. And it's where I sort of trade business chats for chai tea lattes because I don't drink coffee. Um, <laughs> and I love chai tea lattes. But, you know, the exchange is like, if it's online, it's, you know, the cost of a chai tea latte, which is usually around like $5. Or if it's in person, it's them sort of buying me a, a, a cup of coffee. Well, not a coffee, but a chai tea latte in exchange for, you know, 30 minutes of me sort of being a sounding board or offering some sort of um, level of expertise to their idea and whatever that might be. And for me, you know, I do those with specific people. They have to fill out an application to kind of do it so that I know that, you know, they're, they're the right fit for that type of service. Um, but, you know, it's also a strategic thing for me and an intentional thing for me and my business because it often leads to um, potential clients. So I think you're right. Like it has to be, you have to have some sort of boundary around what it is that you're doing and how you're sharing your brain and your, and your expertise because I absolutely don't do that with everyone. It has to feel right as well. And I think that that's, you know, also an intuitive thing. If you're an intuitive person, you can feel if the energy is right or wrong. And if 
that person is coming to you with good intentions or if they're just trying to take advantage of your time. Right. And and again, I I think most people are are coming with mostly good intentions. It's just expectations, you know? And yeah. so um it's it's just a little uh it's interesting to navigate in a way that, you know, again, everyone wins. And I love that you do the chats for chai kind of offer that as a component of your business. That's brilliant. I love it. Well, if you could leave our listeners with one piece of wisdom that you just are like, everyone needs to know this, what would it be? Mm, That's a great question. Um, I'd have to say that it is to honor your potential by honoring your strengths. I think that's the route to fulfilling your potential is to really get to know yourself do the inner work that it takes. A lot of entrepreneurs like breeze past this at the beginning, um, but take a lot of time. Give yourself permission to have that space to understand how you work best, um, what your strengths are, checking the history books, going back and doing all that work for yourself because that is ultimately what really lays a solid foundation for your business long term and taking it from me someone who didn't do that work at the beginning to the best of my ability and I had to really pause and like shift and completely change course uh, direction um, in my business Um, it would have been so much easier for me to do so if I had taken that time to really get to know my strengths and then build your business and your offerings and whatever you do around those things um, and keep your blinders on so that you're not feeling inclined to go and step into someone else's lane um, and imitate. So that was kind of like a bunch of things in one, but Hey, I love it. I'll link those all up in the show notes. That is fabulous. And before we go, where can everyone find you? I would love for our listeners to be able to reach out, get in touch, work with you. Um, Absolutely. Et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> yeah, the places that I hang out are really my podcast, which is called the Made for More podcast. I'm on Instagram. Um, it's just my name at Shannon Scott, and then my website is shannonscott.com. Wonderful. Thank you so much for joining me today. Again, I'm such a fan of what you do, and I am glad to be able to chat. Thank you so much, Kelsey. It was so fun. I'm so honored to have been on the podcast. Hey, don't go yet. I would love it if you go over to iTunes right now and leave a review. I love hearing your feedback and it really makes a difference in getting the Radiant Podcast name out there. And while you're at it, why don't you subscribe and then share this episode on Facebook or Instagram or wherever your social media platform is of choice. Lastly, I'd love to keep up with each other. Come find me on Instagram at Kels Chapman and let's get to know each other.